Good evening. Well, it's been quite a day around here in my life. You know, as some of you who were together this morning for sitting know, uh, seven members of my family lost their homes to fire. And um, so they were able to get out with just the pajamas they were wearing, you know, uh, no shoes, uh, no coats, no, nothing. Um, so it's been quite a day and, and I've been so deeply moved by the generosity of the Sangha. The Sangha has stepped forward to make donations and we're already uh, starting to reassemble some of the things they need. Uh, shocking to move from being surrounded by your stuff to literally having nothing but the partial clothes you're wearing. Wow. So I may be um, slightly off tonight. So please hold me in love and in your hearts. So our theme is rest. Two weeks ago, I talked about rest as a balance. A balance between doing and non-doing. A balance between uh, creating a practice container and then resting within that practice container. And then we talked about how we use our practice forms to rest. And so we diligently bring ourselves back to the form and then within the form, we completely let go and rest. So that's what, that's what we talked about and discussed last time. Today, I'd like to take a little bit different twist on rest, and I'd like to talk about transforming restlessness. Transforming restlessness. Because I believe that rest is the absence of restlessness. So let's consider the hindrances to rest. Because in my experience, rest is what we find when we transform and let go of restlessness. Well, I think it's no surprise to any of us to, that I, you know, if I say that we are restless people in a restless era. You know, I think about when we gather, what's one of the first questions we ask people? Well, what do you do? We don't, we don't ask them something like, tell me about what you love. Or tell me who you are. We say, what do you do? The way I've been thinking about this is that we believe we are the producer rather than the product. What do you do? What do you produce? Not, what are you? So I've been reading a little bit about this, and sociologists uh, have traced some of this back in U.S. culture to our Puritan roots. The Puritans came from a theology that believed we were inherently sinful. We'd been cast out of the garden and that we had to earn our way back to God's grace. We had to do things. 
to be okay. And this is really different from a theology that says we are inherently God's children and okay just because we are here. So we carry this Puritan idea that we have to earn something essential to make us whole or to make us safe. But, you know, we don't have to worry about theology so much. But I think if we look outside of theological debates about our worthiness, uh, we can see that we are a product of this amazing evolutionary process. The process that we yielded us. You know, our, our minds and our bodies are absolutely exquisitely honed and created over so much time into beings of worth and awe. We're living, breathing miracles. Oh, it's just wonderful. And yet, even though we're living, breathing miracles, somehow we still see our worth as producers rather than that living, breathing miracle that evolution has given us. We're primarily producers. So we ask questions of ourselves. Well, what have I done? What have I done today? What, what did I make today? Or how much did I make today? Those are the questions that we use to define our value. And it's not just us, it's our economy, it's our culture. You know, our economy grows primarily when each one of us produces more than we produced before. We have to keep producing more and more. We have to run faster and faster to do that. Become more and more efficient, more and more focused. So, of course, we naturally bring this restlessness into our practice. Because what's our practice except facing things as they are? And this is one of the things that just is true about us in general. So we bring this into our practice, we bring it into our, our bodies, our minds, and our hearts. So our restless minds, no, let's start with the bodies. Our restless bodies produce movement. You know how hard it is sometimes to sit down on the cushion and be still? You know, we fidget, we move around, we just have to keep moving somehow. We, we, we fidget and wait for the bell to ring. When is the bell going to ring? Sometimes it seems like forever because we just want to go do something. Maybe sometimes we wonder, can I, can I scratch my nose without anybody noticing? <laughs> Luckily, our practice form is pretty relaxed about this. But, you know, I've noticed that my body sometimes just won't, won't be still. It will be restless. So that's the body. How about the mind? So our restless mind produces thoughts about anything, about everything. So we sit down on the cushion and what happens? We think, oh, good. I finally have time to plan my shopping list. Ah, oh, now what do I need for that party? Okay, I've got to get a watermelon and I got, you know. 
So we use our precious time on the cushion uh, with our producing mind. And then our hearts. Our restless hearts produce unresolved feelings. And we're moving so fast that we don't have time to resolve our experiences and resolve our, our emotions in real time as we're going through them. So we bring this lifetime of repressed emotions to the cushion. Our hearts are restless. So we, we ruminate over a childhood hurt that occurred 50, 60 years ago. We ache over old losses that we haven't grieved. We ruminate and we fester and we rehash all because we didn't make room in the moment when things were happening to feel. So our heart is restless. Our heart, our body, and our mind are all restless in our practice. So that's the bad news. Bad news is that we're all carrying this restlessness and it's not any one of our fault and it's all of our trait together, culturally. Some of us tend to be busier than others, but collectively we're a busy, we're a busy bunch. So the good news is that restlessness is what's hard. Rest is easy. Restlessness is hard, but rest is easy. You know, restlessness is mostly just like we're running around and around on a hamster wheel, going nowhere. All this work and work and push and push and not much result out of it. Just like a hamster, we're running, but we're staying in the same exact place. Uh, run, run, run. So the good news is that rest is what remains when we stop running. Rest is what remains when we hop off the hamster wheel. It's not immediate though, this rest. You know, we can, we can try and hop off the hamster wheel, but just like when we know that our bodies and our minds and our hearts bring that restlessness into our practice, once we begin to rest, sometimes things actually get worse for a while because we have to deal with the leftover mental and physical and emotional fallout of our restlessness. So this can be really, really hard. And I think it's why most people find meditation unappealing. You know, we, we have lots of visitors come and sit with us over time and people come and they'll sit for a while and they'll, they'll see that actually things are getting harder for them rather than easier because they've made space of rest into which all this past restlessness must be resolved. A lot of unpleasant sensations and thoughts come into that resting space. But with time, in my experience, the rest, resting space becomes quiet when some of that um, historical accumulation resolves itself. Then we begin to see 
the restless space for what it is, which is this beautiful place of emptiness and peace. And in that space, there's room for renewal and for insight. It's really quite lovely. So if, if rest is something new to you, please don't get discouraged if it feels like it's actually hard for a while, because it may well be. But it doesn't mean that you're resting wrong in some way. It means, oh, so I'm resting. So now I get to deal with the stuff that has been building up. So how about an analogy here? Um, so imagine you're dropping a pebble. You've picked up a pebble and, you, and you're holding it in your hand. You know, the pebble rests there in your hand while you're holding it. And when you turn your hand over to drop the pebble, the pebble rests while it's falling. Gravity is doing the work. The pebble's at rest. Pump. And then finally, when the pebble reaches the ground, it's at rest with gravity. Gravity holds it there. And our practice can be like that. It doesn't have to take a lot of effort. You know, resistance and restlessness, they take a lot of effort. But our practice is simply like dropping the pebble. We simply let the pebble go, and it rests all the way down, and it rests at its destination. Quite easy, quite easy. The pebble isn't fighting it. So let's explore a little bit of a practice, a couple of practices here. The first practice, um, I like to call it pebble breathing. So, we're, so breathing like we are a pebble. So in pebble breathing, drawing in the breath is like picking up the pebble off the ground. It takes effort, right? You have to reach down, you pick it up, and you draw the pebble up. But breathing out is like letting go of the pebble. It takes no effort at all. We simply let it go. And the pebble rests all the way down just like our breath rests all the way down. So let's try this for a minute. Let's try pebble breathing. Let's try breathing in and picking up the pebble, and then letting the pebble go, breathing out with complete relaxation. In, picking it up, out, Even while making the effort to draw in the breath, to pick up the pebble, we can rest completely with the out-breath.
Pebble breathing is a balance between doing and non-doing. In this balance, we don't have to completely abandon our doing, our picking up of the pebble. We can simply have that balance by the letting go, the dropping of the pebble. See if with the out-breath you can make a pebble of the muscles in your body and find subtle ways to drop them. I notice my shoulders dropping a little lower with each outbreath. And as my shoulder muscles drop down, the in-breath gets easier and easier to draw up. So that's pebble breathing. I wonder if you might like to try that throughout the day. Um, you might just even put a pebble in your pocket to remind yourself. When you feel the pebble in your pocket, you could remember to breathe like you're picking up and letting go of a pebble. Effort balanced with rest. So I'd like to do one other exercise around resting. You know, I mentioned earlier that we think of ourselves as the one who is producing rather than this miraculous, amazing, beautiful product that has been created. You know, you are a miracle. You are a miracle. You don't need to do anything to earn that. You can rest in being a miracle. So what I'd like to do is offer a bit of a guided meditation to bring us home to ourselves, to bring us home to this miraculous nature that we don't have to do anything to earn. So if you'd please find your comfortable meditative position, sitting or lying down, whatever, whatever works for you. And let's practice awareness of ourselves as a miraculous being.
just as the resting pebble comes home to the earth, we'll practice coming home to ourselves. It takes no effort. We can simply open our hand and let go. Let's begin by coming home to our bodies. You're able to hear the sound of my voice. Your ears are a miracle. Amazingly complex. Your ears take vibrations in the air and transform them into sound that you can make sense of. Amazing. Come home to your body and feel the beating of your heart. If we live an average lifespan, our heart will beat something like two and a half billion times. Your miraculous heart is pumping blood tirelessly through your body. One of these heartbeats will be your last. We don't know which one. Maybe this one? This one? Maybe not for many, many millions or billions of heartbeats. Everyone is precious. Come home to your body and feel the miracle of your breathing. your lungs, your diaphragm, your whole breathing system has been caring for you since the moment you were born and took that first breath. Every breath receives the gift of the trees, the algae, all of the plants that offer oxygen to us. And every outbreath is an expression of gratitude to feed those very plants. 
come home to the miracle of your body. Nothing to earn. And now let's come home to the miracle of our minds. Our minds are aware. Scientists do not know what this is. They cannot put a label on what consciousness is. And yet here we have it, this great unknown. You are aware of in and out, before and after, right and wrong, all of these abstractions are held in your mind. And your miraculous mind knows. It knows the faces of your loved ones. It knows the names of the planets. It knows what you had for dinner on that very first date with your beloved. Your mind knows. Come home to the miracle of your mind. And now let's come home to the miracle of our hearts. Our hearts generate love and compassion. The greatest powers we know, love and compassion, are generated by this heart. This heart mirrors the feelings of those around you. It blurs the distinction between self and other. I feel what you feel. You feel what I feel. Miraculous, this heart. Come home to your whole self. You are a miracle. And your miraculousness does not depend on producing or doing or being more than you are right now. You are a blessing to the entire universe.
you are enough. You are enough. So this is the practice of coming home. And coming home is resting. They're one and the same thing. You know, when we come home after a long day, uh, we drop our rushing. We drop the bundles we're carrying. We might drop ourselves onto the couch and sigh. And practice is just like this. We come home, we rest, we drop the idea of self-improvement. We drop the energy of being somewhere else, of being someone else, of doing more. And instead, we come home to the miracle of being just this, right here, as I am now. So please, please, will you join me in this kind of rest? Will you join me in resting in the miracle of being just exactly who you are? This is what we need each other to be. We don't need each other to produce more. We need each other to rest in the miracle of being ourselves. So thank you all for your kind attention and for um, allowing me to guide you and lead you through this experience. Sarah, could we end with a sound of two bells, please? <laughs>